try and give this a go. Um, good mo- Hi. Um, as I was um, le- involved with the worship, I just found I couldn't look at you, and I'm still struggling to look at you, lovely church people. And only reason is because when I do, I just start crying. So I'll know when I'm better because I can look at you. But I feel like it was just God's heart, which was very tender towards you. <laughs> so when I look at you, it's just sort of, it's just a bit too much. I can't handle it. Um, and I'm used to looking out at the church a lot. And... Um, I think it's a sort of, it's a sort of bit of a breaking um, heart because there's this real sort of tenderness in God's heart towards all of you, to each of us, and um, there's also just awareness of evil, the darkness that has um, hurt you and affected you and shaped you that is completely against everything that God is about and, and what he sees in you. And so it just felt a bit heavy, really, that um, I'm talking about evil today, and I've got a brilliant preach lined up. Um, and, uh, but actually, kind of just to know, God's, God is so for people, so for you, for every person thriving and being completely full of them, cells and full of life that evil is just the very thing that goes against that so deeply it's so offensive it's just so against everything that God has in his heart for people and so at the 9.15 I did a sort of talk that was fine it kind of felt all just saying the right words and everything but I think at the heart of it is God is so against darkness and for all of us we've been involved with it we've done our own share of darkness but also we've had enough of it done to us and I was going to start with a joke by saying um you know have you ever come across evil and mainly the smell of my boy's feet after a week of camping in the car was pretty evil but I thought I can't joke about that because some people have really been touched by evil and affected by it in a profound way and I, um, I just want to sort of tread lightly and recognize I think God is sort of saying, I really understand that. And again, it's not in his heart for you, for anyone. And actually, the, the opposite of evil isn't good. It, it, I think it's, in some ways, it's holiness. I think it's the holy. When we worship, we come into the presence of God, who, amongst other things, is good and loving, but he's holy, and there's nothing evil in him. <laughs> There's nothing bad in God. You can't overdose on God. He's just fully good and lovely and wonderful. It's like a safe place because God's here. It's safe because we can totally trust God. Um, And so I just feel like uh, I'm going to try and share a little bit about um, our passage today. But I feel God's heart really strongly for maybe for you today where you know you've been shaped by evil. It's been in your life. You've not looked for it. You've not wanted it. You've not asked for it. But God's heart is really that you would be delivered free from that, completely free and well. So God, I pray that you just do whatever you want to do this morning and and help me as I just sort of share some brief words. 
this morning, that we would again just capture your heart for us. Um, amen. All right, I can look at you now. Oh, you lovely bunch. Um, so I'm going to just be sharing, as Dave said, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, and today is looking at the part of the Lord's Prayer that says, and deliver us from evil, or deliver us from the evil one. I guess um, evil is this idea of wickedness, something that is completely against the purposes of God, against the goodness of God. In the Bible, it describes Satan as a kind of personalized, personified form of evil. It, it's maybe a bit shocking to think there's an evil world, but maybe it isn't. Maybe you've seen the news, you've seen enough stuff that we're too aware of evil and the effects of that. I think the reason Jesus prays this and we read about it in the New Testament in the Bible is that God doesn't want to be, us to be unaware of the reality and the presence of evil. I'm going to share with you a story where Jesus meets someone who's been really affected by evil. And in fact, it's a powerful encounter where he sets someone free. And in the Bible, we call that deliverance. It's not just kind of healing or things getting better. It's a more profound being set free. And that's where Jesus says, deliver us from evil, from the evil one. We actually need setting free. Evil is a power that is too strong for us, but it's not too strong for God. In fact, he's far more powerful. So we're just going to have a little Bible reading. Uh, there are some slides that might come up. And this is from Mark chapter 5. And it goes like this. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out, cut himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. In the passage, the 
the man who is under a demonic oppression is there's chains. He's been actually he is not wearing chains. He's actually a free person. But the chains idea is a powerful one to describe the feeling, the sense of being bound, restricted, not free. These are all um, kind of powerful ways to describe what being chained and bound is like to experience spiritual oppression. This man wasn't chained and bound. He was physically free, and yet he was completely bound spiritually. And for many people today, we don't walk around with chains on, visibly bound. But we are spiritually bound. There are things in our lives that restrict us, hold us back. Maybe repeated patterns of destructive behavior. And maybe unable to stop doing things. Addictive patterns. God's heart is always to see people free. Actually, there's a story of it throughout the Bible. We don't first encounter it in Jesus' ministry, but I think how God set it all up. Actually, the, his people, the Hebrews in Egypt, were set free. They were delivered from Egypt, not just physically taken out of the country, but delivered from the spiritual power, being bound and enslaved, enslaved to another. In the book of Judges, judges are raised up to deliver God's people from other nations. And so it is that in deliverance we see this carrying on in the ministry of Jesus. Many times in the different New Testament accounts, people are set free from demonic powers by Jesus, often speaking to them, get out, be quiet, leave this person. So Jesus' heart as he shows God's heart towards people is always to set people free, but especially from those who've been bound by the the devil. In 1, G, 1 John 3, verse 8, it says, For this person, the Son of God, that's Jesus, was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. In deliverance ministry, it is to do with power. In the passage we saw, it said no one was powerful enough to subdue the person. They, they couldn't stop him. Equally, no one was powerful enough to free the person until Jesus arrived. Last night, there was a, a big heavyweight boxing match going on with Joshua and Usyk. don't know if anyone listened to that, but you can sometimes think of a boxing game like between the forces of good and evil, Jesus fighting the devil. It's nothing like that. That's a really poor picture to think it's too, an equal fight. Actually, the forces of evil have been defeated by Jesus on the cross. But even before then, Jesus as God was always more powerful than evil and the devil. That's why he could command and deliver people. Jesus, a little earlier in Mark 3, talks about his deliverance ministry when questioned about it. He said, no one is able to enter a strong man's house and steal his property unless he first ties up the strong man then he can thoroughly plunder his house. Jesus is saying, I am the person that can bind the strong man. I can, I can deal with this power because I have a greater power. You see, Jesus had a heightened awareness of the realm of evil and the demonic realm. And maybe we're too, in our Western mindsets and everything else, too kind of close to that. We're not actually aware enough at times of how the demonic works. 
In fact, the demonic powers had a heightened awareness of Jesus. Many times we see Jesus would turn up somewhere and then the demonic in someone's life would shout out to Jesus. And it happened in this passage, verse 7. The demon cried out in a loud voice, Leave me alone, Jesus, son of the most high God. I implore you by God, do not torture me. Actually, they were well aware of Jesus, who he was, the son of the most high God. They knew their destruction was coming. They couldn't resist. They couldn't stop. They couldn't stop what Jesus was doing. In this passage, and again throughout the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus moving not only in power, but in authority, in how he commands what is going on. In fact, throughout this tale, Jesus is completely in control through this scene. And in verse 13, when the demons had pleaded with him, he then says, gave them permission to enter the pigs. And again, in the same way, Jesus would often, with a command, deliver people. At the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And when we see ministry happening, we're not trying to, even today, drive out demons in the name of Nigel Savage. That is not going to work very well. We even see in the New Testament, people try to deliver people of demons in all sorts of ways, weird and wonderful ways, and with different names. But actually, when people are being set free, we do it in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. Because that can't be uh, resisted. There's something with deliverance ministry that um, in our church we, over many years, have prayed with people and seen people set free from, uh, yeah, evil spirits, demonic forces that have oppressed people in their life. But the aim of the game is never to do deliverance. Deliverance is just the first step. The, the far fuller step is freedom, to live in freedom and wholeness. In fact, it, the story is really noisy until it all happens, and then it kind of quietens down. The village folk freak out and come and see what's happened. And bizarrely, they're afraid. Why would they be afraid of Jesus? Because he was powerful, because something has shifted profoundly in the neighborhood. And actually, they, they're not sure what to make of it. But what's lovely is the man who's been oppressed is now sitting in his right mind, dressed and present with Jesus. It's a really poignant moment where he wants to go on the boat with Jesus as Jesus is leaving. And Jesus says no. You think, ah, oh, after everything he's been through, at last, someone who gets me and loves me. And... But Jesus says, no, go and tell people. The Decapolis, as it's described, was the big area near the lake. Go and tell people what God has done. And actually, when they heard from the man, it says they were amazed. There's something about freedom that needs to be talked about. There's something about freedom that can provoke a reaction. Sometimes a bit fearful. Sometimes, well, what is this? A change that is dramatic. And yet, Actually, the stories of God when he brings freedom are always permanent and always life-giving. And that's what we want to pursue. That's what we want to see and are committed to as we see um, freedom on people's lives. Actually, on the cross, Jesus was delivered to evil so that we could be freed from it. But ultimately, Jesus was delivered from evil when God raised him up on the third day, where he defeated the powers, death, evil, sin. And so I guess today we, as followers of Jesus, we walk in that victory. We want that to be a reality on our lives.
But we also need to know the world is still fallen and evil is very real, affecting and influencing people today. What do we take from this? Well, you could be freaked out at this point that maybe this is the first you've ever heard about this kind of talk and you're suddenly having the, I think I've got a demon thought in your head. You might be worried about that. Oh my goodness, I've never thought about any of this and I've done bad stuff. Well, it's true. Evil is real and it can affect us. But the good news is that deliverance is possible. We see it in Jesus and it carries on today in the church and his people are setting people free. So the Lord's Prayer kind of helps us as we pray it each day. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. It's right to sort of take it seriously, I guess. Actually, we're not immune to the things of the world and being affected. Actually, we want to be alert to that. Maybe even ask ourselves, ah, oh, is this it's going to expose me to things that maybe not of you, God, in behavior or attitudes. Say the choice to not forgive someone can expose you to actually unhealthy stuff. The spiritual forces that love to jump on the back of that. We don't want to collude with evil or find pressure in it. We want good spiritual hygiene. We want to pray that prayer every day. God, is there anything I need to say sorry to you for today? Is there anything that I need to forgive people? Am I holding anything against people in my heart? Actually, if you think maybe I am a bit stuck in some areas of my life, maybe I do feel a bit not free, then I would love to think maybe to consider talking to some wise people and getting some prayer and maybe even finding some deliverance and freedom in your life. But also we as ministers, we want to be a church that helps people be free. And that's part of our joy and responsibility as a church is to get alongside people who've experienced hurt and pain and to free them. So uh, that's my... That's my encouragement. It's my word to you today. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'm going to hand over to Dave.